Uh, hello, everyone. Hello. Give me a second, everyone. Just uh, doing some administrative stuff. Talk amongst yourselves for a bit. Why oh, you wonderful. Why don't you discuss the latest uh, Hollywood scandal? Uh, oh, The Last of Us. It premiered. Is that that's not the latest Hollywood scandal we're talking about? I was, I was, yeah, I was, did you watch The Last of Us? No, I was thinking of Royland getting cancelled. Personally, yeah, that's not great. It's certainly on my radar because you know it happened like the day after my High on Life video went out. Uh better than the day before. Think about I, su that. I suppose. <laughs> but now I'm probably gonna have to put some kind of disclaimer on this week's YouTube release, saying yes, yes, we know. Don't comment on it 500 times because that will not make us any more aware of this fact. <laughs> anyway. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yats Crucial. I'm joined by Marty Sleever. Hello, everyone. And this week, we're talking about RPG parties for no particular reason. Nope. Uh, just uh, Marty just threw it out as an idea, and I was found myself instantly intrigued. Is there a perfect formula for the members of an RPG party? Yeah, it's funny because there's it, it's one of those things where it feels like there's a lot of ground rules that have been set in other genres throughout the decades, but hmm. it doesn't feel like there's ground rules for RPG parties. So I'm curious if um Well, I can think of one. Someone's got to do the healing. Someone does have to do the healing. This is true. Someone, someone has to do the healing. One person. What's what's your perfect number of active party members in an RPG? So that's tough. Yeah. I think four. I think four? four is the perfect number. I think three, even though I love certain games with three, like Final Fantasy VII and, and Chrono uh, Trigger. Yeah, four, Chrono Trigger, feels... Mass Effect, yeah, uh, Final yeah. Fantasy VII, as you said. I'm yeah. trying to remember what the other um, ones were. Did Final Fantasy IX have three or four? No, I believe nine had four. Um, yes, I think, I think you're right yeah. about that. Um, but it's nice to be able to, instead of just doing the traditional triangle of of you know uh damage dealer damage taker and healer it's nice right. to be able to sort of have have characters that are like oh this is our this is our rogue and he's gonna steal shit or this is our you know offensive right. mage or defensive mage because yeah. if you got three that's that that's got that's fairly obvious healer damage tanks yeah, yeah. Healer, healer dps tank as the tanks everyone's only says yeah but if you've got a fourth one, then you've got the wild card you do which is always great um and that's where like uh sort of personal choice can come in. Like, I always thought, you know, I was counting in my head how long it would take before we got to this, but I but I always thought, when I was playing Persona, I liked uh, one character to specialize in status ailments, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I played, yeah, through, I played through Persona 4, and it didn't take me too long to realize that status ailments are kind of broke in that game. Absolutely, and it's something that a lot of, like, they don't have this sort of... The, the the glitzy shine of like a, a mega offensive attack or a cool spell yeah. but um you can absolutely like all those modern persona games you can absolutely break them yeah. if you like i think um, uh, us. at some point yosuke gets the spell that confuses everyone mm -hmm. and if you can confuse just one like enemy it, it's that's basically you know take a seat you're, you're done you can just watch yeah, them yeah. Kill each other for the rest of the fight you just threw a, you just threw a hand grenade in their party um do you think there's uh, uh, an amount where you can have too many party members. I'm thinking of games like Suikoden, the Suikoden series. You got six party members rolling on. I um, really hate when there's more party members than you can have at any one time. That moment when you have to pick one to go onto the sidelines okay. is always a painful moment for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, um, shit, instantly I now have this instinctive knowledge that I'm not playing optimally anymore. 
Yeah, it's funny because uh, I, I like games where you start out with just yourself. Like you said, Earthbound starts that way. You're just Ness. Yeah. And then you slowly, they slowly fold in. It's not like you have a full party right off the bat. They slowly fold in party members. Persona does the same thing. But yeah, you do hit that point where you're like, shit, I got five of them. I only got four yeah. slots. So what do I the, do now? The question is, do they still level up if they're not in your party? Because if they, if they do, I'm not so bothered. That's why I very hurriedly maxed out Mishima's friendship like yeah. track in Persona 5. Because <laughs> that means all your party members get the same XP regardless of if he they're sucks, equipped or not. He sucks, right? Like, he sucks as a dude. Like, well, they, all suck, as, they all suck as people. That's why you've got to fix them. That's what's the whole point of the relationship tracks in those games. <laughs> I mean, that is, okay, when well, you put it that way, that is, yeah. I mean. You've got to fix them so that they become worthy of your snogs. <laughs> Um, but, but, but yeah, yeah. I, th I feel like that is one of the ground rules all games should have is it should be shared, shared XP. Even if they're on the bench, they should still be learning. I don't want to suddenly get two dungeons in and then this one yeah. dude is so far behind that I'm like, well, I'm never going to use Morgana. Yeah, exactly. Because Cause if you don't, yeah. if you don't uh, keep them leveled up, uh, then uh, you're just going to have to grind them up later or yeah. never use them again. Yeah. And I find that annoying. There's a, I've, I've came up with a term that hasn't really stuck many, many uh, years ago that I referred mm -hmm. to as the fuck, the fuck around deferment index, which okay. was the amount of time a game takes to let you get nice and settled in before it starts fucking you around. Sure. Something yeah. live service games do a lot. I think it was in my Destiny 2 review I was talking about it because that game has a surprisingly long fuck about deferment index mm -hmm. where you can get through quite a lot of mandatory plot before they start going, oh, we better do a few side missions to be f properly leveled up for the next bit. Yep, yep, yep. And then you have to you have to grind up more and more just to make the same amount of process progress you were making in the plot as quickly as you were earlier. And uh, I would call is that the, the point, point where games kind of lose you a little bit. I think the point where a game starts tacitly expecting you to grind mm -hmm. is where the fuck about deferment index kicks in. Yeah, which is funny because there's a whole subset of people I'm sure who. Like, that's part of the, the deal with them, is they like JRPGs and RPGs in general because of that sort of, all right, I can turn my brain off for this hour or two, listen to I podcasts, that. if you will. And, yeah. I get that, because I was I was, did that a lot in Persona 4 and 5, just uh, grinding mm -hmm. through dungeons, making sure I ground up all the different personas and crafted them all. Yeah, yeah, going all through mementos or going through old palaces and listen to the podcast. It's comforting to know that you're fully leveled. It's comforting yeah. to know that uh, you'll probably be able to get through things. Mm -hmm. But uh, I hate it when it's a game I'm expected to play through in a week. Uh, yeah, that's not <laughs> that's that's not great. It's also um, in the in the same way of of shared XP with a party. Um, if you're going to introduce me, uh, if you're going to introduce a new character that I can use, there has to be some sort of parity level wise. Like they have to, they can't be like ten levels behind no. the current party. Like at that point, like. You're like I've I've invested too much. I'm, it's not worth me going back to this. Like you have to well, you're introduce a new character. There has to be a reason why I should care about that character, either through story or you know through gameplay mechanics. Well, you say that, but I always thought Earthbound did this pretty well. In that, uh, every time you get a new party member, they start at level one. But because they're at level one, every fight they get into for like the next yeah. like, two dungeons, they just immediately level up like several times over. Yeah, and, it, and that does feel really good. Like, when you it, first get Paula into the party and go into yeah. a cave, like, you'll just, like, wreck shit and she'll level up several levels each battle. It's weirdly satisfying. Mm-hmm. In a way where they just show up out of the box with yeah. the same level as you. 
isn't quite uh, as satisfying. Earthbound also does an interesting thing where um, for, for you know, that's a game with only four, four you know, permanent party members. You have sort of goof party members. Um, mm. But uh, when it introduces the, the later two, Jeff and Pooh, uh, you get an extended sequence where you just play as them. Mm. So with Jeff, you're like running around his boarding school and you do yeah, like yeah. the Loch Ness Monster thing. And with Pooh, you're, you're sort of running around his, his uh, Tibet or wherever the fuck he's supposed to be from. I like that uh, we can all and, say Pooh with a straight face, incidentally. We can't, well, I, I don't know what else to call him. There's not even like a non-canonical name we can call him. He's just named Pooh. Um, and I like that because, again, like it puts you in their shoes. And then when they finally reunite with your party, you already have this built-in thing with them as opposed to just, all right, just fucking add another one to the back of the cart, which... You know, happens a lot. Like Chrono Cross is an example of a game where Chrono Trigger only had seven party members or so yeah. throughout the game. Chrono Cross had something like forty-five, and some of them were just like yeah. mushroom dude. At that point, it feels like more like showing off than trying to make you know a decent RPG experience. Yeah. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. I mean, yeah. I mean, is, is, is there such thing as too many bench members if we've established that if it's the kind of game where you just accept you're not going to be using all of them? I think uh, some games, I think Suikoden is a series that does it well because they famously have 108 party members in each game that you can recruit. But there's also usually... Exactly some... 108 in each game. Yeah, the, st the Stars of Destiny, I believe. it's uh, 108, I think, has some, some uh, significance in... Maybe some Eastern religion or something. I don't know. This is but, yeah, sounding a bit woo-woo to me. <laughs> it's sounding a bit woo-woo. Um, but one nice thing is it's worth uh, recruiting those party members because there's stuff outside of battle that's important. Like you're building up a fortress, like you're building up a, a compound, and you can recruit characters that are chefs and carpenters and and that's and cool. Cards, things like that. Yeah, and I like that. Um, Skies of Arcadia does a similar thing where it's not just you're recruiting characters not just for your party, but also for you know right. this pirate fortress you're building. And I kind of wish all RPGs had like a reason for these characters to exist outside of just the battles. Yeah, I like games like uh, some of the Assassin's Creed did, where you could where you were built up a party of like uh, allies and you could send them on missions that would take a certain yeah. amount of time. Yeah. I always thought that would be a nice thing to have in something like Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I remember thinking, like, you get to a certain point in Dragon Age Inquisition, you got, like, all these party members you're not using, and you got all these side quests that there's not really much point in going back to do. Yeah. So what, what if we solve one problem with another, and bring these two things together, and send party members you're not using off to do side quests that you, ha that you haven't got time for yourself. And then, I mean, whatever gain you could get from doing them was possibly uh, uh, not terribly great at that stage in the game, but yeah. you can still feel like as a, a heroic character in ways that you don't feel terribly heroic if you take someone's mission to save their, like, besotted spouse or their mother who's trapped in the cave of spiders and then just yeah. blow it off for the next 32 hours and never actually get around to it 
exactly. how long how long is this poor bastard going to sit around his hut going well that that shining hero who's done so many great things for our community said he was going to go and rescue my wife from the cave of spiders i don't want to tread on his toes so i don't want to go check um, yeah, I'd rather I, have the hero send their B team out and just at least get the yeah, job done. I don't want to bother him and uh, you know uh, seem a bit fussy. Yeah, yeah. It also um, it could tie into sort of the topic we had last week about romances and games of wanting uh, there to be some sort of like agency when you're not around. And so I like the idea mm. of you send a group of three out to do this thing, and they come back and like they have bonded and they have their equivalent of like in jokes because they went on this journey. And so like this world exists, like when you turn around, it's not like the world behind you disappears. Like you're not mm. the center of the universe. Things are happening outside of you. Um, yeah. And I like, I don't know. And I, and I like that sort of like, co like home base communal sort of camaraderie thing. Like uh, Yakuza, like a dragon had it when you'd go back mm. to your, your karaoke whiskey bar, um, you know, your ships in either nice old Republic or, or mass effect have that where, the characters are kind of hanging out there. It just it feels like they exist, even even when you're off gallivanting and doing. Some well, things. that gets us onto the uh, sort of related topic of as well as what's the perfect RPG party gameplay wise. Mm -hmm. What's the perfect RPG party story wise? Yeah. So you got to have. Uh, I mean, uh, I think a lot of JRPGs follow a very similar formula. You have your stoic hero who mm -hmm. usually doesn't emote much, usually doesn't talk much who's just sort of effortlessly great at everything and everyone can see it. Yeah. So you are the hero. I'm going to follow in your footsteps from now on. Mm -hmm. Then you usually have a wacky friend. Wacky wacky friend who's not quite as, like, you know, flawless, uh, but does the comic relief thing. Mm -hmm. And then you got two girls. Exactly two. No more than two. <laughs> you <laughs> get spunky girl and mysterious girl. That's what okay. you get. That's Tifa and Aerith right there. Also, you know, GA and Yukiko. Yeah. Also, yeah. basically every RPG party. Yeah, I mean, honest, test it I out know. in your heads. It all works. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Wacky friend, spunky girl, mysterious girl. Yeah. Everything after that uh, are bonuses. So yeah. mascot, mascot character, that could go in there. That's a big thing. Yeah. How do you feel about critters, getting critters in those parties? Well, you know, we critters? usually have one whether we want one or not, especially yeah. in Japanese RPGs. Oh my god, Japanese. Yeah, but even like Bioware will give you the occasional critter. Like HK, the, the human killing robot in, in Night's Old Republic. I think he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's a critter. The the I'm gimmick character. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what else do you think you've got? What's the, um, what's, what, are, what, are, what are the standard archetypes? I think character who's slightly older than the other party members. I was, was going to say, that's like Barrett in Final yeah. Fantasy VII, Orin in Final Fantasy X. See, I classify yeah. Barrett as the wacky friend. In Final Fantasy VII. I guess he does really early on. His, his like ass is literally on fire, I think, after one of the explosions. And they're running around trying to trying to put his ass out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I guess Sid would be in Final Fantasy VII. Eventually you get Sid, who's like an adult. Right. Um, who's got his driver's license and everything. His that fanboy guy license. in the comments quoting TV tropes all over the place here, saying, the hero, the lancer, the smart guy, the strong guy, the heart. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could have the uh, the the dude who's sort of clever and in the background. Yeah, you could also get the um, the sort of the the twist where someone you thought was a villain turns out to be a party member, uh, like Ma Magus in uh, Final Fantasy or in uh, Chrono Trigger. Right, right. You know, the you person, have a choice to either kill yeah. him or 
the person you win round. Yeah, yeah. Even like you get a catchy in, in Persona Five who Yeah. And who the isn't the person you win around and who somehow isn't an ounce as powerful once they're in your party as they were yeah, the last time you had a boss fight against like them. Ten thousand HP in that boss fight. What's going yeah. on now? How is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> well, from a, well, well, if we're talking about like groups in a, from a storytelling perspective, mm-hmm. what I've always found interesting is that there are formulae, there are writing formulae that are very well documented for writing groups of characters, and there's a specific one that's uh, used for sitcoms a lot, and uh, it's called Matriarch, Patriarch, Craftsman, and Clown. Okay, and if you start thinking about this, this applies to like a lot of sitcom plots. Like uh, characters aren't necessarily assigned to one permanently; they're just assigned mm-hmm. a specific role in each, from like plot to plot. But you have the the patriarch, who's the person who's like driving things, the person who's uh, uh, whose goals the party are following. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the matriarch, who's uh, you know the uh, the sensible voice, the soft place to land for other characters who uh, get into conflict. Yeah. Uh, you have the craftsman, who's the per- who's the one who aspires for more, okay. who is working to uh, find a better situation, and then you have the clown, who just does mm-hmm. jokes. And if you look at like sitcom plots, uh, these four roles are existent in pretty much all of them. Yeah, yeah. Broback um, says the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. That's pretty, yeah, pretty spot on. If you like, yeah, yeah. Leonardo, yeah, the other three. No respect on the other three. There you go. So the that's shitty artists. Yeah, that's an. I guess that's an argument for keeping your party to four members. Yeah, but then then you kind of get. Um, then it brings it. So that's narrative wise. That makes sense. Yeah, the narrative uh, in terms of a I story. Now, now that I think about it, virtually everything that's you know sort of an ensemble thing, sort of gravitates to four characters. Like it starts with like two or three, and they get a fourth, and they just kind of stick with that. I'm thinking of Cowboy Bebop. Oh, okay. Okay. That sort of gravitates gravitates to a four person party. Yeah. I just finished rewatching Trigun. It does a for for its uh, second and beginning of third act, does a four person party. Does that gravitate to four? Yeah, yeah. It starts with three and then adds a fourth. Uh, However, uh, it is is willing to uh, allow a character to leave permanently. Okay. How do you feel about that in games? Well, as long as they get immediately replaced with another person so we can get back up to four. <laughs> it's the rule of fours. There you go. That's true. If you count the dog, Cowboy Bebop is five. Oh, the dog Everyone doesn't says this count. this eye shirt. You can't say dogs don't count. You have one in your jacket, possibly. They don't count as a character. Would yet would there were there were there any eye focused episodes that whether we dealt with their personal trauma and struggles? I wish there was. I wish it was all. I wish they made an entire season from mine's point of view. I think there was not. <laughs> um, I do like. Um, I I think more games should be willing to either permanently, not necessarily even kill a party member, but just be uh, force you to grapple with the loss of a party member. Um, you know, in the same way Final Fantasy VII does. Uh. uh Persona 3 does that. Yeah. Uh, Grandia games do that. Dragon Quest games do that. Um, Hope you didn't spend too much time grinding up Aerith in Final Fantasy 7. Ha yeah. ha. <laughs> oh no, my flower girl is dead. LOL. Uh, also, Jesse in the chat says that Ayn is 100% a character. So oh, Jesse fine. Takes well, if Jesse says so. 
Grinderbin would say that, though. Right. Yeah, I was thinking about the matriarch, patriarch, craftsman, and clown as it applies to Adventurers Nigh, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, do you think um, Do you think it fits there? I think we swap roles a fair bit. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'll leave. I'll leave that discussion to the comments. I think. Yeah, you. Can, <laughs> everyone can put their own touch on uh, exactly exactly yeah. how that who's, works. Who's Who's the matriarch? Well, I think we all know who the matriarch is. Uh it's true. It's uh, Sigma. Anyway, <laughs> uh, how do you feel about missable party members? That's another missable party members. Oh, the bonus yeah, party members. Optional party members. Bonus party members. Final mm. Fantasy VII famously has Yuffie and Vincent. Uh, Final Fantasy VI has folks like Mog and Gogo and Shadow. Um, well, can't I kind of like narratively, can you? No, that is one problem. Is is um, you need to figure out like how to sort of slot them in and out, uh, wh- you know, whether they are there or not there. But um, I do like the idea, I don't know, it almost like brings me back to like talking uh, on the schoolyard when I was young with friends and finding out I've been playing a game at the, and there's something there that I didn't know existed mm. and kind of having my mind blown by it. Like if I would have played through a game and had no idea that, you know, Yuffie or Vincent were recruitable in uh, Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. Yeah. I remember playing, uh, I think it was the first Dragon Age game and... Uh, mm. I've straight up murdered a potential party member on, on the scene where I met him because <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize because he was like you know ambushing the party and I was like I yeah. ain't trucking with that shit and <laughs> discovering after the fact that he was supposed to be a party member sorry didn't go along with your uh, intended very dramatic <laughs> character arc there game uh, yeah Bioware games do that um, you know pretty well Mass Effect does that uh, uh, Knights of the Old, Re- Old Republic did do that um, however, one thing which we, I think we could, we've kind of talked about with Haru in the past is there's a certain point where it might be too late to introduce a party member, especially if you're trying to make them an integral part of the story. No, that's, right, that's it, true. Haru certainly like feels like dead weight. Yeah, and you just don't like you, you don't have that like opening forty hours with them, and at that point, it's like, all right, let's just get her through quick, and then we can start going on the final act. And you're like, why don't like this is why you should do like, the Earthbound thing and just stick to the starting four. Because you know you're just yeah. making you're just complicating things for yourself. Yeah, but then at that point, does like you know do do people play RPGs for kind of like the agency and for the ability to this is my party and I have my I have my thumbprint on it. Um, you know, now that we're laying this all out. I assume we're going to talk about you know RPGs other than turn based or Japanese style RPGs. Thinking about it, I don't really like having a party in anything but turn based combat. Um, okay, so you don't you don't like the idea of just like running out into an action game and having three people yeah, and having just, just slashing just about like NPCs on the side because I never really concentrate on what they're doing or pay any attention to what they're doing. Yeah, I just focus on what my dude's shooting at. And often this game, yeah. like in Mass Effect, they'll say, "Hey, uh, press this button to get the party member on your left to do their special move on the enemy you're pointing at." And I'm like, I'm pointing a gun at the enemy I'm pointing at. Why yeah. don't I just press the button that shoots the enemy I'm pointing at? <laughs> That's my usual attitude. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in an action yeah. game, you're ostensibly there because you want to, you know, get in all the action. And if dudes mm-hmm. are stealing your kills left, right, and center, uh, it's it's no fun. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts does that a lot. Where Sora, you're as Sora, you're just bashing the shit out of people, and then Donald and Goofy yeah. are off futzing about um i like it i don't mind it in a thing like final fantasy 12 where um 
so much of the preparation is in uh, the lead up to the battle, like setting up your gambit system and sort of setting up an AI for mm. those for those party members. Because then when you get to the battle, it's almost like not pushing over the first domino and 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 pass or fail is dependent on how well you set things up beforehand. Mm. And so like when I when I, when my AI party members are able to kill a bunch of dudes in Final Fantasy twelve, I feel like that is because of me. That is because of the work and the thought I put in prior to going into that that I battle just, as opposed to just Donald the Goofy. Just I just feel like I can't be bothered with it. Like I want if it's got like an action I focused combat system, I just want the game to level up my party members uh, in accordance to whatever the optimal play is. I just want to have a button that says auto level these dudes. Yeah. Because when yeah. it comes down to fighting, most of the time it's just especially in like the Dragon Age games, it's just you could you could fret all day about optimizing the other party members' equipment and abilities. But at the end of the day, all I'm really doing is that everyone gets into a big punch-up, big dust cloud, sparks flying, fists appearing from out of the sides of the dust cloud, and then it's all over and everything's dead. Yeah. Yeah, and it is... I feel, it, I feel it, it easier it, to get my head around the tactics of a turn-based battle, I suppose. Sure. Yeah, no, I, under, I, I understand that. Um... It also feels like a lot of the the sort of the real time combat games, real time combat RPGs that have really taken off over the last decade, have been primarily a, a, a lone hero going out. Whether it's the Souls games or, or you know Witcher, that kind of thing. Like well, there's, there's other characters you meet and everything, but it's ultimately you know Geralt or, or your main character story. Well, that's inevitable for a single player game. We're yeah. going to focus on lone hero focused storytelling. Yeah, but I mean, like Final Fantasy. Did you play Seven Remake? I did. Um, that sort of like towed the line between. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like. I, I, did you feel like that changed your opinion at all? Not really. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it has. I think that feels like you've got multiple party members, but there's still only one player, and uh, you're well advised to sort of switch from character to character in combat. Yeah, but that just feels like you know having to do everyone's homework for them yeah yeah and for me at least when i was playing it i would just like switch oh there's like a annoying enemy that's flying about so i'll switch to barrett because he's got a gun yeah as he's got a gun so, yeah so it's very so, just, so yeah. it's very nice bit uh, bit overpowered in a fantasy campaign but you know yeah yeah um yeah i don't know like do you how about when what if the other party members are humans i mean you were talking about like destiny earlier you know any sort of mmo like do you think well, do you see that a, as like a well it's a multiplayer okay. game and i don't try tend to avoid those yeah because you know i get social anxiety i want to just have fun when i'm playing a game i don't want to be worrying about if i'm performing well for the benefit of my fellows yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big multiplayer guy. I'm curious in chat, like, folks who've played a lot of, you know, any MMO or even Destiny, and if you play with, like, the same people, like, do you look at those people and those characters the same way you look as, like, party members in an RPG? Like, well, what, what role do you favor if you're playing, like, that sort of thing? Like, I used to play a lot of Team Fortress. Okay. And I usually favored support because it meant I didn't have to worry about, you know, making decisions and shit. Sure. Yeah. I just play Medic point the cursor at whoever seemed to have their, you know, seemed to know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. And then rack up the points. That was my attitude. 
it seems like you like support in a lot of games though, because you were saying how much you liked uh, sort of learning the the buffs and debuffs and stuff like that in uh, Persona. Well, is that like what you yeah. gravitate towards? You think as a character? Only if it's like a multiplayer setting, and uh, you have to pick a role. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. you know, I want to be in the thick of it. I want I want to be making the decisions. Yeah, yeah. I want to point at enemies and shoot them with the gun that I'm holding so I can feel like an exciting action man. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's <laughs> funny, it feels like Team Fortress 2 has, like, that almost feels like it has, like, perfect party dynamics as well. Like that. Well, that that's, that's like very tightly designed, Team Fortress. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, more so than, than almost any other multiplayer shooter like that I well you know what the problem is a lot of multiplayer shooters try to say oh we, you can also play us as a single player game and so every class has to be potentially playable in a single player setting yeah team fortress 2 doesn't do that it says this is multiplayer you gotta have everyone fulfilling a certain role and if you don't do that you're fucked yeah oh yeah. oh oh you're a sniper you want defenses against spies tough shit you gotta rely on your party members <laughs> asshole Yeah, I mean that also. I guess that also gets into the, um, you know, the 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 thing you always may, uh, make the claim of that uh, if you you can't design a game that uh, uh, Quite, caters yeah. to both single player and multiplayer, like you kind of have to pick a lane. Stick no, with you it, can't. The other one is going to be an afterthought. Is there any game that does like multiplayer and single player? But if you play single player, if you play multiplayer, all the classes are balanced. But if you play single player, whoever you pick gets like buffed to act alone. There's got to be something that does that. Uh, yeah. I mean, is that there's like enemy scaling, right? Like that kind of thing, where if like you play co-op in a game, then there's gonna be twice. As yeah, many that sort of thing. I'm talking about there. like, uh... hmm. If uh, if the multiplayer has like different classes with different roles, but the single player can just do everything, I guess there's probably yeah. a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, one of my last points I had written down. Um, do you, would you prefer? characters that fit into a mold and you kind of have to play them that way or being given a party of characters and then you have free reign over something like say final fantasy um five's job system see i in that sort of thing i stress out as i said about uh whether or not i'm playing optimally if yeah. you give me too many decisions it's like when you like plonk me in something like morrowind and say hey you can do whatever you like and you, the immediate feeling is a sense of paralysis yeah yeah I, like, I how do, how do I know what's the best approach to take? What's the best weapon to equip? Yeah. I guess I like thing. I like uh, an RPG that's uh, lighter on the challenge aspect, so you don't have to optimize well. That's why I get on with Persona 4 and 5 as well, I suppose. Persona yeah. 4 is easy as shit, uh, gameplay-wise. Yeah. Yeah, once you... Uh... Once you wrap your head around sort of the the like you said buffs debuffs and then yeah. sort of the rock paper scissors of everything, then those games those games are kind of a breeze. Yeah, you can like get through entire battles without the with the enemies never even getting a chance to have a yeah. go against you because you uh, exploited their weaknesses well enough. That being said, one out of a hundred times, one out of a thousand times probably, I'll be autoing through a battle and then be like, oh no, something bad happened, and it turned out they like the enemy somehow got a, a weakness attack on everyone and then just knocks my party out. And I'm like, yeah, oh, somehow it all, that, that wasn't great. Out of nowhere. It just gets, turns around. Yeah. yeah. I that. Yeah. Shall we go to super chats? 
Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Why of, not? Uh, again, I still don't have access to the Escapist YouTube channel again. So weird. let me know if I miss anything. I think, I think we're starting with Admiral Ron. I believe so. Yeah. Admiral Ron gives $5 and says, based on Mother 3, the best formula for an RPG party is have an adorable doggy in the roster. Oh, hell yeah. That's a great dog. Yeah, I'm uh, a big fan of mascot characters. I like I like my Teddy. I like my Koromaru from, from... I like Morgana. Well, those are um, full-on party members with personalities and shit. So uh, like they a, are, but like Red Red Thirteen. I mean, Koromaru is pretty much just a dog, and like in Persona, in Persona Three, he's not a talking dog; he's just a dog with a knife okay. in his mouth, which is great. Give me more dogs with knives in their mouth. Why do you? Why does a dog need a knife in their mouth when they've already got teeth? That's gonna be honest. That's a great question because they should have. Like in theory, he has several knives in his mouth. So, yeah. um, a knife's, great question. The knife's just gonna fall out. Yeah. Um. That uh, a very good question. Now I'm worried. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Jacob Lester, member for 20 months, in early access, and says, Yats would love an EP on how to write video games. Well, you could always watch Dev Diary. That entire series I ran for like two years on how to make video games. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> anyway, what do you mean write video games? Like, I mean, I would say you design video games. You do, you write the story, you design the video game. Yeah, I think maybe they they mean more of like how do you how do you write around the how do you write fiction around player choice? How do you write plots for video games? Well, yeah. that's like the, the what my entire career is centered around. Really, I'm a narrative gameplay that. critic. There you go. So that's a very complicated subject. I've written at length on its many facets many many times over the years. Do your research. Chuki Yaniquil, member for 29 months in early access. 29 months, that's a lot. That and lot. says, presumably booze and music like any other party. Oh, Chuki uh, You got us. You, you got a, us. What a clever, hilarious misunderstanding. Based I think, I also think all RPGs should have moments of, of uh, the party just letting loose. Loosening their tie a little bit, having a little fun. I like that, that. What was I mean, that 16-bit JRPG that had the slightly cheeky translation where the characters have like the standard bathhouse scene, and there's and they just have like the characters just sort of the female characters compliment each other's tits out of nowhere. I don't know. I don't know that one. <laughs> See, more games need that. Yeah, more there was a six-bit uh, six RPG. I don't know what it was called. It was like a standard JRPG sort of thing. But the English translation sort of like kept like skating across the edge. It's really like they had like this horned it up had, a little bit. Yeah, they had this underage like female character who was like in love with the main character, and they okay. had this whole scene where she had a dream and then started faking an orgasm in the middle of the dream. Not great. And, it, and apparently, like it was that wasn't really in the original Japanese. Like the translator was just being cheeky. <laughs> There's some horned up translator. Yeah, and then there's the uh, bathhouse scene and uh, the same character looks at another character and goes, you've got the biggest tits I've ever seen. TSP uh, thinks it was Tales of Fantasia. Uh, it might have been that. Yeah. I I really couldn't say I if I recognised the title. I, all I saw was someone playing it over their shoulder. <laughs> like, probably, probably not for me. Wesley Thomas um, gives two Canadian dollars. Sorry, were you saying something? No, go ahead. 
and says the Waffle House has found its new host. Wesley, does that mean you are the host at a Waffle House? Like, are you, you accusing us Which... of waffling, Wesley Thomas? No. It's entirely possible. I've been known I to think waffle. Wesley Thomas, I got a job as a host at the Waffle House, the chain. Well, chain set, well, thank, well done for setting your ambitions high there, Wesley Thomas. I think that sounds great. Waffle House is wonderful. Their food is their food is excellent. Shout out to Waffle House. Andrew Hickenbottom, member for thirty-two months in early access, says played Spec Ops the line for the first time. It's good in it. it yes, it is good. In it certainly <laughs> is good. I agree. That is a great party member. You got you got you got you going insane. You got Lugo. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got white dude and black dude. Yeah, they're they're excellent. Yeah, and crazy quite, dude. Quite a big party. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Warrenborg gives two dollars and says, Your party out and about is nice in the overworld. Oh, this is right. a small thing. If you're exploring an overworld, like when you're running around a map, I like seeing all my party lined up and running alongside me. Well like you know, I'm thinking of like in Persona Five, if well, you get to the end of the dungeon, the cutscene starts, and like all the people who aren't in your party just show up and are just there. And yeah, like, have they been with us this whole time? Why weren't they carrying their weight in the battles, if I may ask? Why what? haven't you been helping? Were they just like hanging out in the van? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's like, uh, that's some of that, that's some of that little, little narrative dissonance right there. So you like seeing the whole party trailing behind the lead dude as they run around? I do. I do. I don't like it just being one person running around and then all of a sudden they appear. Like, well, it's I probably like a much bigger me. pain in the ass from like a pathfinding perspective to have all four of them running around. I guess. Yeah, that's true. We'll just have them te like tether right behind you. Like Earthbound is just like a nice little train. It's like a it, like centipede or a snake. But then it raises the question of why you're doing like a little conga line through the country when you'd think yeah. <laughs> realistically you'd all just be sort of walking along in the same direction in roughly the same location. Maybe someone um, would run on ahead, and maybe someone would hang back a bit. I mean, we've like all Tus walked down Tuscan the street Raiders. with the party. Tuscan Raiders walk in a single single file to to hide their numbers. Yeah, it just comes across a bit weird to, for everyone to just walk in single file everywhere they go. Yeah, like in a big conga line. Uh, Persona Three does an interesting thing in the dungeon where, when you get to a floor, you can tell your party members to go explore the floor, and then. If you get into a combat encounter, it's just you. However, they're mapping out the floor for you. They will find items. They'll get into battles that you don't have to fight. And assuming their level's high enough, they'll win or they can be knocked out. And then they'll come back to you and be like, oh, look, I found these two treasures and I leveled up a bit and the map is opened up. See, I wouldn't um, go for that because I want to explore the whole level myself to make sure I didn't miss any chests. Uh, wait until you get to uh, floor 105 of Tartarus and you're going to be singing a different tune in Persona 3. Just don't play Persona 3. I don't my, think I will be playing Persona 3, no. Don't never play Persona 3. Andrew Hickenbottom gives five pounds and says, I was so besotted with Fran in my Final Fantasy XII playthrough. She was my main for the entire 90 hours, finished with her 30 levels higher than everyone in the party. Okay, here's one for you. Do you think mm -hmm. you should be able to swap out the starting dude? Do you yes, think once you've got like four party members, you should be able to drop the protagonist onto the bench and just use his four mates? I do. And that works well in uh, in in uh, Final Fantasy XII because <laughs> there's kind of like no central main character. That's just a, like the uh, six people heard, all sort of share importance. I heard that. I heard the plot of Final Fantasy XII was written so that the 
the the main starting protagonist isn't really the main character in the story yeah yeah um it's so like whatever approach. trio you have feels uh, like it can be important um yeah yeah i like like man one of the things i hate in chrono cross three party members in a battle one of them always has to be your main and so yeah. you have you can recruit like 40 some party members but only bring two of them the battle what yes you only got two slots realistically you've only got two slots how are you going to keep all them leveled up? Ooh-wee. Yeah. Yeah, and Chrono Trigger, you can pull out Chrono. Chrono doesn't have to be there. Then the game's just called Trigger, though, at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't there, like, wasn't it in the first Dungeon Siege where, as well as her creating, like, a party of, like, eight dudes, you could you could even fire your starting dude and just finish the game with the seven dudes you found afterwards? That would be incredible. I would love that. What what main of of a JRPG you've played or any RPG you've played? What main what main character would you fire? Be like you're you're out of here. We gotta one hundred percent the little prince dude from Nino Kuni two. Because you know, I just want to be the cool monster. Yeah, I want to play the cool uh, president. The I want to I want to be the cool Isekai president. I don't want to be the little prince shithead. I can't. That game's opening is the Isekai president thing is genuinely insane. I know, game. right? I, do not know how that happened. That's that's how you grab the audience. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I'll play Nino Kuni too. I'm not sure if I'll review it, but we'll see how it goes. And then uh, you start off, and you're the president in contemporary America, and you get killed in a nuclear blast. And I'm like, well, I feel like I just turned over two pages at once. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, John Connor gives five Canadian dollars. Says, do you feel RPG party number rules apply to real life? Three to five people seems like the best to hang out with before it gets too crowded. Well, it depends what you want, I suppose. If you want to snog someone, three's a crowd, as they say. <laughs> uh, I do that, but like, if if you're playing like a dinner or or, or like a movie, like that's not just a date. At a certain part, point, it becomes unwieldy. Yeah, like, at what I'm, point? I suppose it would be the point where most reasonable people would forget about one of the people in the party. Yeah. Like, if one of the party just sort of drifted off and ghosted and went home, most of the rest of them probably wouldn't notice for some time. At the point yeah. where that would happen, that's probably too many. If you are uh, with a group and you go to a restaurant and they have to rearrange tables and furniture because of the n- a number of people you've arrived with, you've arrived with too many people and you need to yeah. rethink this Yeah, and thing. you didn't book ahead, you asshole. No. Monsters. Uh, but in space, though... Gives $5 and says, Yggdra Union for GBA stroke PSP was so terrible for optional party members with no foreshadowing you can get them. Legit can't be played without a guide. Uh, the original Persona game is like that. You wander around the school and the first... I, I think the original Persona has five people in the party. Mm. And the first four people you talk to are just going to join your party. And you don't know that. And then if, like, an hour later, there is a character who is far and away the most powerful party member in the game, but because 99% of the people have already filled up their party by then, um, you just can't get them. Like, it is truly right. it is truly batshit. Um, it's like getting the proper ending in Cave Story. Yeah, you know, how, would, how did anyone figure this out? How would you know not to pick up the jetpack when the game says, here's a jetpack? Yeah, exactly. Low-key, uh, low-key gives 50 Swedish krona and says, what's your opinion on insert obscure video game initialism here? 
It's my favorite, so please don't make fun of me. Oh, that was a was that a that was a goof on people are always like, "What's your opinion on DDR three X?" That kind of thing. Do you think people? Do you think people who are outside the games industry get lost when they hear us talking? And we all know we're talking about in like that previous comment that said GBA stroke PSP. We all knew what that meant. Yeah, then that would really sort of intimidate an elderly person if they heard that. I imagine so. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I feel like at least every week someone drops an, an uh, initialism or something in here that we're like, "What is that?" Like, we don't know what that is, yeah. or they'll just say AC, and we're like, "There's ten different franchises." Yeah, there's that ten are AC. A- games called AC. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think it needs to be like there's a certain like threshold, like GBA slash SP, like those feel. I feel like are are. Ubiquitous enough to where they make sense, but mm. certain things like you can't like you, you, you if, if if it's a niche game you can't do that or do it. I don't know. I'm not your fucking dad. Do whatever you want. Oh, anyway. I'm okay. <clears throat> yeah. What am I talking about when I say G O W? Literally, there was a year God of War and Gears of War both came out. Um, yeah, and both of them had. It was G-O-W colon A. I think it was God of War. <laughs> I think Absolution and Ascension yeah, or something like that. And it was like, what are we doing here? Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, Raffle Wisoki gave us five PLNs and no comment. Well, well we appreciate it. Yourself. Those are Polish Zwoty. Oh, well, there you go. Look at that. H-Yorth87 gives 20 Danish kroner, I think, and says, your favorite Pratchett book. Mine is Night's Watch. I guess mine would still be Interesting Times. Hjorth87. People have asked me that before. Look at that. Well, book advice for you guys. Andrew Hickenbottom comes back with two pounds and says, Towards the Help Marty Watch Avatar 2 fundraiser. Oh, I just noticed the, uh, I guess we reached the target for the Half-Life 1. I guess they'll be playing Half-Life 1 in Gold Source, as I specified. Uh, no, because it was if we go over 100%, then we have to only play the uh, Black Mesa. Well, what chance did that give me? <laughs> uh, no, I th- we're going to play I think we're, we're going to play the original. We're gonna play the original. Good. Squeaky wheels get the grease, people. But they do. They do. It wasn't It wasn't as clear cut, though. Some some folks in chat were like, you should play Black Mesa. And then I said, I'm not saying you shouldn't say Black Mesa. I'm saying you should start with the original Half-Life and then and some ways down the line, play Black Mesa. Is it fine if we play them all with controller? No. There's a, how is there no, there's no reaching across the aisle here. What's going on? Mouse and keyboard or get to fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dick Earthquake, member for 29 months in bonus content, says, Yards, do you intentionally put the stank on the way you say turd, or is that natural? Sorry for the stupid question. I don't know what the hell you're asking me there, Dick Earthquake. Do I say turd in a specific way? It feels like for a four-letter word, you extend it a little bit. I really like how turd. It yeah, like I feel like it goes on a little turd. bit longer than most other four-letter words would. Um, well, and I, of, I like it. There's a lot of words that you have to apply a sort of inherent comic timing to. Yeah, like uh, when I say the word shit these days. I often feel like I need to extend it a bit. 
As in this game's shit. See, okay, maybe that's a thing. Maybe just a a, a, a four letter cuss. You like to you like to extend the vowel in the middle. Not usually with like fuck. Fuck. Yeah, that doesn't sound as good. Fuck. Uh, Bear, Bear Bomb says we should get a new goal to force Yasi to play Half Life with a controller. If you say fuck with extended U, it just sounds like you're disappointed by something. Fuck. It's still raining yeah. and I wanted to have a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Gantorus, member for seven months in early access, says any love for build your own parties, e.g. FF tactics. Yeah, I guess I, I, I'm not crazy about them either. Like you were saying, that's it's sort of that choice paralysis um, or feeling like you're, you're, you're screwing up and not doing the right right roles yeah, or anything. also i don't really want to get stuck in like character creation for 20 minutes every time i get a new character how do you um does that also uh like pertain to um like when you level up do you just want your stats to go up like in in persona and earthbound like occasionally in persona you'll have to choose oh you got an extra skill but you have a full skill slot so which one do you want to kick to the curb I or guess, would you rather yeah. have like a spirit board like in the sphere I, grid I, or whatever I guess I prefer the stats to go up by themselves because you know I figure the game knows what's mm -hmm. uh, optimal to just make us generally stronger in battle and basically any stat you improve is going to make you stronger in battle somehow sure. Yeah, I don't really go in for all this min-maxing shit nah, neither do I um, I, also, I, would, I, I think I would be happy if every RPG had an auto uh, auto level button. Maybe not like your sure. action RPG stuff because I want to like go over like the the different skills you can unlock and figure out if that's something I'm actually going to fucking use and remember that I have in like the heat yeah, of battle. Yeah, like all that shit. We have to oh rotate the stick from top to bottom and then press B A B A to do uh, a super swivel kick. I'm like, I'm never going to yeah. remember to do that. I'm just mashing buttons. I has got time for super swivel kicks. Um, yeah, there's a certain point where if you see like a skill tree and it's just, if it looks like a literal tree, I'm just, I, my eyes gloss over and I'm like, I'm not going to be, mm. I'm not going to deal with this. Pirate Captain Jack gives $5. Says, probably too late to ask, but thoughts on varied combat combos, i.e. Chrono Trigger. So mm. we're not, so it's not just deciding uh, what individual skills a party member has, but deciding what combination moves you can do. Mm -hmm. Because uh, different party members have exclusive combination moves. Yeah, I always like that in, in Chrono Trigger, that like depending on who you have in battle, um, mm. you know, Frog and Chrono can do a cross slash, which is super powerful, or, um, you know, Marl and Luca can do a, a fire and ice attack at the same time. Um, mm. I think that's just the thing that adds a little bit of flavor to, yeah, to the party members. Like even uh, the Persona games have introduced those and those kind of like dual attacks. I think both uh, both four and five, um, five especially. Yeah. Also, Royal. from a narrative perspective, I think you want to get a sense that your party members are not just autonomous things acting in turn, but sort of things yeah. that are working together. Yeah, I think yeah. that puts it across pretty well. I always hated like in um, Octopath Traveler. I think it was called, okay. where whenever you're like pursuing a specific character's like storyline, that specific character is the only one that matters. Everyone else is just trailing off their ass like poo out of a fish's bum. Yeah. But uh, every now and again, there'd be a little prompt uh, so you could press it. And then when you press that, it would cut to like a black room 
where mm-hmm. your current party member and one of your other party members had like a unique conversation about what had just happened in the plot. And I was like, I why, like that. why isn't this just happening automatically to create a sort of yeah. organic sense that the party are growing together as people? Yeah, the the Tales games do that. Um, these little like vignettes where if, if you're in a certain place or you've done a certain thing, you can hit a button to have like a little vignette between characters um, pop up. And, mm. and I really like that. Uh, one thing I realized I was going to bring up earlier when we were talking about the, the perfect number of party members. Um, one number we never touched on was two. And the series that I always think of with two party members is the, the Paper Mario series. Because um, it generally has Mario and, uh, and, uh, and a pal. And yeah. those pals, especially in like the original Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door, usually have very different um, sort of even like battle mechanics or traversal mechanics or puzzle solving mechanics. Yeah. How do you feel that, about that? Well, in that case, Mario always had the same abilities and the party mm-hmm. member was just, you know, whoever's optimal for the current situation. Yeah. They all had like different, like different things that could apply in different situations. Mm-hmm. So, so you had the one like fullback dude who always does the same shit the the meat and potatoes dude he yep. just does the standard damage and then you have you know uh the bespoke one yeah yeah someone who's good at attacking armored enemies or good at yeah. attacking flying enemies or remember there was that busty ghost remember that busty ghost was that the one who was transsexual i don't know no that was birdo right Unless there were sef- several characters. I think in the original Japanese, the ghost character in uh, Thousand Year Door was transsexual. You know what? Good for them. Yeah. Good for the busty ghost, whose name I can't remember. That, although I think, obviously, in the American release, all reference to that was removed. Vivian, uh, that was her name. Oh, that fanboy says that was a cloud? That wasn't a ghost? Well, what is a cloud if not a ghost of the sky? Think about that. Oh, oh yeah. I, I forgot there was another character who was a, a busty cloud in the Thousand Year Door. There was also a ghost who named Vivian, who was born male and uh, was a lady in the course of the game. You know what? I'm great for you. Okay, I was not thinking of Vivian. I was thinking, I was thinking of the busty cloud. Okay, well they I'm were. Just, I'm just. I'm pretty sure they were female. Up for all these characters. They were cis female, the busty cloud. I think. I believe also, didn't that game also, Miss Meows, I think, was a character that you could skip. I think that game also had Yeah, she was a skippable characters. character. There was one skippable great. character in Thousand Year Door. Yeah, great. I know. I love the Thousand Why Year Door. Why are we still talking? Switch. What are we doing, Nintendo? Yeah, never been, never been ported. What the fuck's with that? Also, Super Paper Mario, I wouldn't say no to either. Be great. Put them all there. If we're got porting. The original Paper Mario's on there. Put the rest of them on there. Hot Creamy Fard, member for eight months in early access, says every party needs a Thaddeus God Bother of the Third, which is a reference to my first novel. Yeah, big old brown noser, you. <laughs> Hunter Roach gives $10 and says, that's one thing I always appreciated about Mass Effect 2's final mission. You have that big team and everyone's doing something rather than sitting on the bench while Shepard did everything. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's the big, uh, that's a, like the big suicide mission thing, right? Yeah, that's like the one where the character, where characters die if you didn't love them enough. Which feels a bit emotionally manipulative, but there you go. <laughs> you didn't give them enough kindness tokens for them to... You couldn't them. love a motherless child. <laughs> you swine. Can Shepard die on that mission? But I guess it wouldn't be a third game, right? I guess not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he can't. He or she yeah. can't. Yeah. Everyone else can, though. 
every other mm -hmm. character, uh, like party member can die on that mission if you didn't love them enough. That's pretty. That's pretty gnarly. Adrian Kavanaugh said, "I was so happy with who died in my ending. My least favorites were sent to their death." Yeah, that's well, a that's win -win well. Scenario. I guess that that means it works. Yeah. If you didn't love them enough, then we'll just kill them, and I guess we'll all be fine with that. This system works. Leonard Sokerboik gives five euros and says, "If you could marry one video game character, who would it be?" Oh, this is a slightly sophomoric question, Leonard Sokerboik. I mean, we don't really know any video game character in totality. We wouldn't know that they'd be a good spouse. I'm looking at all my... I guess I'd marry Nico Bellic from GTA 4. Cousin! <laughs> Isn't he a war criminal? Yeah, but, you know, he seems like a well-rounded kind of guy. Uh, yeah, I guess. What about Alex Vance? She seems nice. Mm. She built, didn't she build, she built you that dog? That was cool. She, she has, uh, you know... Uh, fantasy waifu vibes, Man manic pixie yeah. dream girl vibes. This fi five hundred days of Alex. He was really inexplicably attracted to nerdy mutes. Yeah, <laughs> man, there's something weirdly magnetic about this person's complete absence of social skills. <laughs> uh, truly, an audience cipher there. Um, Espius, uh, who would you marry? I, I'm literally looking at my list of games to see. I don't. I don't want to marry. I don't want to marry any of these games. Well, I'm already uh, married, so you know, I would true. marry the custom protagonist my wife made. There you go. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's nice. Uh, SPS Guru 2000 gives ten euros and says, "I'd like a game where the party consists of every character you've recruited, so you can have your own little army. You'd only control four of them, and the rest act on their own, but they're all there." Okay. Yeah. Well, so they'd all be there for every battle. You would need it to be like large-scale battles, though, right? Yeah. Like, it would almost need to be like a Fire Emblem-esque thing. You can't be like, you can't be like rolling through the tight corridors of a dungeon no. against two or three enemies and have like your party of no, fifteen. Like that just... fight scene from the second Matrix movie. Yeah, exactly. The Burley Brawl. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jason Tudor gave us five Canadian dollars. Says you might have addressed this, but what about TTRPG parties? Would you stick with the trad cleric fighter wizard rogue or go wild? I remember a comment recently pointing out that there's no member of Adventurers Nigh who's like the dedicated healer. Yeah. So have I guess you, we I guess in that case we we all just wanted to play the character we wanted to be. We were almost like it was almost three of us went artificer before before I realized we already had two artificers, so I went with Rogue Bard. Um have you noticed a lack of, of healing um, in your party? Like, do you well, feel, have you gotten into a lot of situations? Everyone's sort of got like a token healing ability on the side. Sure, yeah. Like, so we, we could all pass for healing if it's necessary. And, I mean, Jack is an incredible DM, and a good DM sort of figures, like... Yeah, I mean, we get into know, combat so infrequently because we keep weaseling our way out of it with our cunning tactics. <laughs> Oh, that's true. Tyrell said, well, SideQuest had a healer, and you saw how that turned out. Listen, I made it out of there just fine. Let me tell you guys. So don't blame the healer for anything that happened there. I'm getting good at sort of manipulating Jack into letting me pull complete bullshit. That means we get out of combat. <laughs> Are you going to be able to do it in person for season three, though? Will he be able to see through your lies? 
it's possible. See, it, you, see, what you do, what you have to do is you don't like tell him the plan straight off the bat. You just say, Jack, uh, would it be possible to still access the root network at this point? And he goes, well, I suppose there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to. And then, and then just like fucking turn half the bad guys to the side of good. <laughs> Jack, don't listen to this or, or else you're going you're gonna to be wise to Yahtzee's schemes. Let's just go to 2000, gives 10 euros. Oh, we've done that one. Yeah, we did that one. Yeah, I think we're on Robert. Moving on. Robert Breedlove. Good name there. Right. Incredible name. I mean, it's got breed and love right there. That's, yeah. that's two things you need. That's like Dr. Feelgood. Gives $5. Says, been playing Pillars of Eternity 2. I love how Obsidian has contextual dialogue moments that encourage the player to vary up their party lineup. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah, contextual dialogue moments. Yeah, or like a a, a reason to. Mm. I don't know what that would be like. Almost like the, I guess the like the equivalent of the Mass Effect Two thing of like eventually, if you have any characters, because there's other. I think Final Fantasy Seven does it, <clears throat> where um, towards the end there's a dungeon where you have to almost split your team up into two groups mm. and like two separate parties, and you're you're bouncing back between the two of them. And if you know you didn't prepare a secondary set of characters you're kind of sol yeah it's fun to find the unique dialogues for that i yeah, think there's another yeah. bit in final fantasy 7 where you have to split the two groups i think it's right after you leave midgard mm -hmm. and uh if you choose clouds and the two girls as one party i think barrett says something like yeah i kind of figured it's turn out <laughs> like that <laughs> uh but then when you get to the gold saucer you can go on a cool date and maybe you could date barrett and go on a go yeah, on a nice yeah. ride. Like stealth dating sim mechanics. Yes. How do you feel about? Do you like your dating sim mechanics to be fully upfront, or do you like game to like assign you a spouse based on your secret decisions at the end? I feel like my my head says that I want I want them to to be analyzing me, and I don't want to realize yeah. I'm being analyzed. Yeah, I want to be but surprised. I think my heart says I want to be full and like. Because what if I get what if I end up getting paired with someone I don't like? Yeah, so, like when Silent Hill Shattered Memories, I kind of liked that it was analyzing our behavior, but it cause I was, because they were so upfront about how they were analyzing the things you did, it was sort of constantly on your mind. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that with the um, with the Telltale thing of Blank will remember this. Um, yeah, how that started off kind of cheeky, but then became kind of annoying because you were almost <clears> gaming <throat> it to try to play that way. I also don't like when a game's like, this is a very important decision. You better pay attention. I'm like, well, yeah. all your decisions should be important. Unless it's some bullshit, like, don't do that Persona thing where, like, if I'm not paying attention and I choose the wrong thing, I don't get the real ending of the game. Get that, get that shit out of here. I guess you just make a choices matter game where your choices never matter. And you can... <laughs> oh, do you mean all choices matter games? Yes. Every, uh, every game build as a choices matter game <laughs> has choices that don't fine. matter for shit. It is becoming a running gag. Uh, no prizes for guessing the game I'm currently writing a review of. Jenkinsu gives $4.99 and says, Will you ever ZP Wasteland 3? It's a combo of XCOM combat with Fallout New Vegas RPG mechanics. Highly recommend. I think I started it. I don't think it's sort of through. I think I ended up with one of those choice paralysis situations. Mm. And I sort of just got bored and fell off. Yeah, Nick was streaming it for a while um, last year on the Editor's Hour. Um it absolutely seemed exactly like the the thing you just described of XCOM uh, cross Fallout New Vegas. Um, it's kind of old though at this point, right? Like, and if you're only digging into one older game, 
every year. It's got to be a game of shame. It's got to be your furry Hitlers, your Danganronpas. I don't know why I combined the two of those. Like when I'm, I've played one of them and enjoyed it. I'll let you guess which one that is. Okay, then. Uh, Robert Breedlove comes back with $2 and says, My mother's maiden name is Kilgore. Seriously. Are you a character in something, Robert Breedlove? That's kind of incredible, for being honest. Are you a character in a Matt Berry sitcom? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Garth Marenghi, Robert Breedlove, and Helen Kilgore. I was, thinking, I was thinking of Toast of London. Oh, there you every, go. Every character's just got a weird random word as their surname. Like Ray Purchase. <laughs> Ray Purchase. That's really good. I like that. Uh, well, oh, well, I guess that's it. That's all the Super Chats. Thanks we for did it. all those Super Chats. Maybe oh someday soon we'll come up with another goal they could, they could go towards. I think I think Nick is Nick is on the cusp of giving us a new goal. Do we have one in mind? Um, I th I don't want to say this. Yeah, I think he said this that they were thinking of doing Friday stream in in the Friday streaming slot. Um, having like certain members of the Adventures Night crew play like uh, uh, an RPG. Together. Oh well, I probably that? wouldn't have time for that. No, but I, th I think they were the less the the less busy people. Okay, the fewer busy people. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So everyone besides me and Jack. Uh, I believe Jack is going to be there. Oh, so it's just oh. going to be everyone but you. You well, weren't invited to the well, Adventures Night party. Well, his kids are older than mine, so this is true. He's got more free time because they go to school at some yeah. point. But there's going to be plenty of time to be hanging out with you and Jack uh, because uh, episode two of our incredible Sea of Thieves series. Oh, that's right. Again. Yeah. Kind of yeah. got bogged down with some shitty uh, Ghost Train Ride DLC yeah. in the first episode. But next time we've got plenty of time for treasure hunting and shit. We got we to gotta get enough money. We got to get an animal for the ship. Also, if we buy a nice ship and it sinks, do we just lose that ship? How does that game work? I don't know. I don't think the game works without a ship, so I think they just give you another one. Okay. There's there's no upgrading mechanics. Kind of great characters, kind of great ships. It's all cosmetic, right? Like, everything is cosmetic. Yeah, there's cosmetics, so it yeah. doesn't really matter if you lose your ship. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Anyway, what else we got coming up this week? Uh, what do we got today? Later tonight, uh, Jesse and Casey will be back with Hidden Gems. Uh, I, it's, uh, something sounded weeby. I think. Something weeby. Weeby. Uh, tomorrow we'll have the recap uh, at noon. Uh, Darren, Nick, and I will be talking about the first episode of The Last of Us on HBO. Full spoilers. Uh, and uh, I believe yesterday, the day before, we passed the Patreon goal to where Darren Mooney is going to to cover a couple games, including uh, Immortality and The Last of Us Part 1, which is going to be very exciting, because oh Darren goodness. even bought a PlayStation 5. He hasn't had a video game system since the PS2, I believe. Now he's got a PS5. Hmm. How will he what, uh, get past the advanced gameplay of the modern oh, era Ghost Train ride? <clears throat> anyway, yes, and uh, zero punctuation on Wednesday, of course. This week, it's going to be a roundup of games from 2022 I didn't review. Oh, nice. Including a couple of very hotly requested titles. For crikey, you could not shut up about some of these games. Go on, have a guess. I'm excited for this. How many? How many? How many do you, you usually throw in there? A bunch. Uh, I think I'm doing a paragraph on six different games. Okay, 
And then how do you choose which games you're going to play on PostCP? Just so whichever, I'm probably just going to do the first one, to be honest. Okay. It's the okay. one that the most people requested. Mm. Uh, I have a feeling a couple of people have already mentioned it in the chat. And I, I think it's Org Massage. Yes. 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 It's all, you figured it out. It's Org Massage and yeah. Furry Hitler at the same time. Oh, no. Anyway. Uh, and also the usual uh, new episode of Extra Punctuation dropping for members on Thursday. And the finale of Adventure <sighs> is Nigh, season oh, two, dropping on Saturday for members and Patreon oh, subscribers. Holy moly. Holy Every, moly. Everyone's going to be keen to see that after the explosive previous episode with its hot character moments that oh, reduced several commenters to literal tears. Oh my God, you babies! I you know, right? Babies. I'm, I'm kidding. It's they great. Just, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. Who would have thought me just pulling a load of bullshit improv shit out of my ass during a character moment would be such an emotional moment for the show? Incredible! What a time to be alive. We also yeah. have one last member chat. Oh, so we do. Uh, Luke Jimenez. A member for eight months in early access says, could you guys give us an Agincourt salute? I don't know, know what that is. Like I'll do a Rimmer salute. Agincourt, like from, what was that? Henry, Henry, Henry the one of them? Henry the fourth? Henry the fifth? Henry the third? Uh, is that the one what? where it's uh, ostensibly the reason why, like, the two fingers is a rude gesture in England? Because uh, uh, the the story goes that the French would uh, cut off the uh, fingers that archers used to pull back arrows with. And mm. so when the French were defeated, uh, all the English archers just went, hey, look, we've still got assholes. I like that. That's nice. Yeah. It's funny. That. Is that, it's a, I grew up with that being a rude gesture, and uh, it just isn't outside the UK. Yeah, I know it's a myth, Lampy. I assumed it was apocryphal. It certainly sounded apocryphal to me. I like it. It sounded, it sounded a bit, you know, fornication under consent of the king in my book. <laughs> another. No, that's real, though. That's real. No, no, that's, that is another complete... That's, that's absolutely real. Nope. That is another complete myth. What's uh, what sometimes referred to as a backronym. Is that like a made-up acronym? Yeah. Like an acronym made up after the fact, it is absolutely not the case that oh, that it is the origin of the word. I love backronym. Incredible. Well, uh, that'll be it from us then. Thanks yeah. for all the super chats. Uh, I'll see you all on Wednesday with the post CP stream. Uh, tune in later today for the shit hitherto mentioned. Yeah, hidden gems, six p.m. Be there, be square. You can be square. That's fine. Bye. Bye, everyone. Here's Toffee. He's suddenly getting Aww. very excited because he's figured out love he's about to go for his walk. Oh, look at that, Toffee. Lick my nose. Eat all my bogeys. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>